Welcome to the 80s and 90s Uncensored podcast about the... Oh, no, I don't do that intro anymore, do I? Oh, do I? dude, because we're, we're not going to be so self-effacing anymore. Yeah. People do care about that crap. We know that they do. Yeah. So we don't need to, like, say it anymore now. It's just the 80s and 90s Uncensored, the podcast. Well, you had some kind of thing about how you were wrapping up in the golden globes of nostalgia or something like that oh yeah welcome to the 80s 90s uncensored where we revel in the golden glow of nostalgia yeah there's something like that there you something go like yeah <laughs> i'm warming up to it because you know i was so like i, I, I like things to stay the same mm. but things change man that's life and people do we know that people do care about that crap yeah so <laughs> just like they care about uh, our picks for the Halloween movie night. Yeah, Halloween. It's Halloween. You need to sit down, watch a few movies, eat some popcorn, steal the candy from the kids, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> have a few drinks and uh, and watch a movie. Yeah. So we each have our picks of four four movies from the eighties and the nineties. We switched it up a little bit. Milo's going eighties today, and I'm going nineties. Yep. Yeah, and we had a little trouble thinking about what we should do for our Halloween episode, but our buddy Nostalgia Nate, um, he popped some some dough for some drinks in our busker jar, and he was thinking the same thing. We One of the things we were thinking is kind of doing a movie night list. So this is for our pal Nostalgia Nate, who has um, like a monthly curation of his great collection. If you, if, you, if you don't follow him on Twitter, you're missing out. Well, thanks for the suggestion, Nate. This is a good one. Well, uh, I'll go first, I okay. guess, because the 80s, you're the 80s now. Or the 90s, exactly. Yeah, you're the 80s, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, to start your movie night for mine is going to be Evil Dead 2, which came out in 1987, written and directed by Sam Raimi, starring Bruce Campbell. So the reason why I went with Evil Dead 2 is because it's basically just the Evil Dead with a budget. Uh, it's more or less the same film. It's just, they have a budget for it. So Bruce Campbell's Bruce Campbell plays Ash Williams who travels to a cabin in the woods with his girlfriend where they find a tape recording with some professor doing his thing. And they find the book of evil and a bunch of bad things happen that terrorize Ash things that cause him to have to chop off his own hand, fight versions of himself. And we see like that very common move that's done in Sam Raimi films, especially as horror films where like it's the camera moving through the woods and stuff like that. A very common Sam Raimi thing that he started in the first Evil Dead. It's just uh, low budget, well-made. Bruce Campbell is an amazing human being, and I love him so much. <laughs> when it's cool, like him and Sam Raimi, like every time Sam Raimi does a film, he always has Bruce do a cameo in it, like the Spider-Man movies. He did cameos in it and stuff like that. And Bruce is good about making fun of himself and how he's kind of like this B-horror movie yeah. god uh, to a lot of people and and has no problem, you know, talking smack about it and stuff. So it's good. And and th this proves to this, this is such like that stereotypical trapped in the woods type film like he he can't get into his car he can't escape because the road's <laughs> blocked off uh he's alone uh there's no way to communicate with the outside world the spirits are attacking him he's got to fight him off and uh it's a perfect blend of comedy and horror which is why it's a good way to start your horror movie evening movies because it's not too serious yeah that's a good one i i, I love that movie um and it is kind of goofy tongue-in-cheek it's 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 a horror movie but it's 
it's just goofy enough to make it kind of kind of almost a comedy. Yeah, that's a good choice. My my first one from the '90s. We got to get this one out of the way because you know we're gonna pick it. It's gonna be on this list. The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a must. It's just for me. It's a must, right? It's good. You it's can watch a, it with the kids. Yeah, yeah, but I I think it's a fun movie, and I, I like I like fun movies. Directed by Tim Burton, it's a stop motion film, and it's actually the first stop motion film to be rated PG. Did you know that? What they were all G before that? Yeah. Hmm. So that's an interesting. It was scored by Danny Elfman, who also did the singing voice for uh, Jack Skellington, hmm. and the voice, the normal talking voice. Uh, Chris Sarandon was picked specifically because he kind of sounds like Danny Elfman. Paul Rubens was uh, also a voice actor in this. He played Locke. So it took 100 people three years to to make this movie because only one second was 12 stop motions for only one second of footage. So this is a lot of work. I, I just I just like I like Tim Burton. I like this movie. This is um, one of only two touchstone films, the other one being Who Framed Roger Rabbit to be considered Disney films. Um, and in 2001, Disney wanted to do a sequel. What Burton was like, no, no sequels on my stuff. I don't do sequels. And that's why I love Tim Burton. He Except makes for some Batman. Good... Well, well, he made the Batman, right? Yeah, I'm not all his stuff, but a lot of his stuff, he doesn't want to do sequels. And yeah, he probably didn't good. even want to do the Batman either. Yeah. So I, I like Tim Burton's mentality where I want to make a really good movie and then I want to move on and make other movies. So good on Tim, but Tim and, and, uh, uh, Danny Elfman, Tim Burton, Danny Elfman, who had worked together many times. I guess they had a fallout in this movie. They had creative differences. And then they kind of stopped working together after that. Burton actually chose a guy named Howard Shore to score Ed Wood, which was his movie after, because they had issues. So they still kind of have issues, do you know? Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they've ever made anything after that. I'll have to look, but they they really had a falling out, which is unfortunate. But I think this is just a brilliant. I love stop motion. I think it's a lost art. I I think computer animation takes a lot of a lot out of these kind of animated movies. I think it takes a lot of work and there's a lot of reality with with stop motion. And I really dig stop motion. This is just a fun Halloweeny meets Christmas. Um, it's based on Tim Burton's um, poem he wrote back in the 80s when he was an animator at Disney. Um, he saw some merchandise displays kind of changing up from Halloween to Christmas, and they were kind of <laughs> together. And he was like, hmm. And he actually wrote like a three-page poem, uh, which later became this movie. So I like it. I think it's the perfect kind of Halloween movie. I'm always impressed with people filmmakers that do stop motion because of like you mentioned the time that goes into creating stop motion to get that like you know 12 shots per second you 12 times you're moving that thing take a picture and then 12 take a picture like the, yeah. the time is just you do that 12 times and you only have one second of footage <laughs> yeah it's crazy and i no way i would ever have the patience to do that so I'm always mm. impressed with uh, stop yeah, motion. It must take a lot right. of patience. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So now I'm going to get a little bit more scary with my films as the night goes on. And I'm going to go one, two, Freddy's coming for you. <laughs> Three, four, better lock your door. 
And I'm going for A Nightmare on Elm Street, which came out in 1984. Directed and written by Wes Craven, the great horror filmmaker that he is, starring Robert England as Freddy. And you had Heather Langenkamp as the main character in this one. She's basically being haunted in essence, by Freddy, who appears to kids in their dreams and kills them. But when they die in their dreams, they die in real life. Mm -hmm. This uh, also featured a little-known actor who didn't have too much of a career after this, but uh, by the name of Johnny Depp. (laughs) Johnny Depp, yeah, I know. You probably never heard of him. Who the hell is Uh, that? (laughs) This was his film debut. (laughs) And he died a nice gruesome death of blood yeah. and gore. Uh, this has that iconic scene of Nancy in the tub where the hand comes up between the legs and it's just like oh, creepy kind of Jaws moment there. So, <laughs> Bathroom Freddy Jaws. <laughs> yeah, basically made anyone scared to take a bath for years after seeing this film. Apparently, Resquaven came up with the idea because he actually read a story in the newspaper about some guys who they were Southeast Asian refugees and they actually died in the throes of horrific nightmares, according to what I read. And that gave him part of the idea for this film. Only made on a $1.8 million budget, it made that back in the first weekend it was released. So a uh, huge grossing film uh, made $25.62 million in return. It uh, more or less saved the studio that released it. They were actually kind of uh, almost on the the outs, the um, New Line Cinema. They were basically oh, yeah. running out of money. And then this film more or less saved the studio. And of course it's, spawned numerous sequels ever since but you got to go with the original yeah i i I must admit i'm not a super horror fan like i'm not a mega fan i don't hate it but i don't i'm kind of picky but this is one that i do like um mainly because i think it's so creative you know you got the jasons and michael myers and they're just going around with their knife and stuff but freddie is he's he's kind of funny which is weird because he's cracking jokes while he's like murdering children in their dreams which is kind of weird to like like but he's kind of funny and they got some really weird special effects um he's not just hacking people up with a with an axe he's like got these really strange dreamlike ways of taking down his his victims which i always thought was pretty interesting yeah, a large portion of the budget for that first film went towards those special effects. Uh, little side trivia note, the glove, Freddy's glove actually features, it's hanging on the wall in the uh, Evil Dead uh, second movie. Mm-hmm. So you actually see a little cameo of the glove. There's a little tie-in. Nice. My second movie, uh, you're going to think I'm kind of schmaltzy with my list, but I don't care. This is what I would watch on Halloween, so I'm going for it. Uh, the Adams Family from 1991. What? Yeah, dude. So many good, creepy, scary movies came out in the 90s, oh. and you're going with the Adams Family, dude. I don't. Are you I don't really like scary, creepy <laughs> movies. I, I was. <laughs> in fact, I was like 12, and Christina Ricci was in that, and she was 11, and I kind of had. I I had a kid crush on Christina. Oh, totally. Me too, man. Like, yeah. absolutely. Um, her, she played Wednesday along with Raul Julia 
Angelica Houston and the great Christopher Lloyd. It was the debut film, d- directorial film of Barry Sonnerfield. Tim Burton was supposed to direct this, but it didn't fall through. Hmm. It, well, it didn't come through. It fell through, right? So Christina plays Wednesday, and I liked her because she's kind of cute, but grim. And I just had a huge crush on her, a kid crush. We're about the same age, so I can say all this. Um, but Wednesday, do you know Wednesday, uh, she's named after a Mother Goose poem, which goes, Wednesday's child is full of woe. And Wednesday's uh, middle name is Friday. <laughs> Did you know that? Wednesday, Friday, Adam. Wednesday, Friday, Adams. <laughs> Did not know that. And Christina, I guess, uh, is the one who came up with that dead sleeping pose with the arms across the chest. She came up with that herself. So she's smart, too. She's not only cute, pretty, but she's smart. She said it was one of her favorite roles ever, too. Hmm, that's cool. Yep. So um, Christopher Lloyd played Uncle Fester. Do you know who was originally supposed to play Uncle Fester? They wanted to have um, the great Anthony Hopkins, but he turned it down. He's like... Adam's family? I'm Anthony Hopkins, bitch. I'm not yeah. going to do that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I guess Uncle Fester, um, the fat suit is actually from uh, The Godfather Part Two from the 70s. <laughs> oh, yeah? Did you know that? It was no. Bruno Kirby's fat suit. That's funny. Yeah. Kim Bassinger uh, was originally going to play Morticia. Did you know that? I did not. But she dropped it for another film. And then mm-hmm. Cher wanted to play, but I guess that didn't go through. So, but I think Angelica Houston was was great. Yeah. One other piece of trivia. Do you remember that MC Hammer song about they go what they want to do, would say what they want to say, the Adams family? That's that, well, it won a Razzie for worst original song. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah, um, it was a stupid song. That song does kind of suck. MC Hammer. Won a Razzie. So now you know that MC Hammer run, won a Razzie. Uh, well, that's probably- I, I like it. I I, I, I just dig. It kind of had that Tim Burton-y feel, even though Tim Burton didn't have anything to do with it. Um, it has Christina Ritchie, who I, who I have a big crush on even to this day. And I think it was just a lot of fun. It's a really good adaptation. Back when they did adaptations of kind of older properties kind of well, and they, and they, and they had a lot of fun with it. Now it's kind of like, overused but back then it was kind of a new thing to have yeah. kind of a reboot of an old property well back then it was it was fun because the original adams family of course was quirky and kooky mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff like the song and and so they did the same thing with that but they got very talented actors i mean raul julia was a yeah. very talented actor to to be doing stuff like that yes so yeah angelica houston was the perfect morticia and and they just had a good budget for it i mean the house front the actual house was a hundred thousand they built it for a hundred thousand dollars wow then tore it down after the movie it's gone hundred thousand bucks gone uh they just rebooted that again actually oh they probably did eight times for yeah they're just constantly rebooting things and this was the first reboot of it and now they're just re- rebooting it over and over and over again. But this was the original reboot, and it was great. And I thought it was a lot of fun. And stop remaking it. Try something else. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> All right. For my next film, I'm going Scary in Space with Aliens. Ooh. So uh, everybody loved the first Alien movie, and everybody loves the second Alien movie. This is one of those rare 
films that like the second one is as good as the original. Yeah. Uh, anything after that kind of goes downhill, but um, you've got Sigourney Weaver reprising her role. You've got uh, Paul Reiser in it. And so basically she's uh, brought back with a group of space Marines who go down to a planet that is now infested with multiple aliens instead of one. But the standout star in this film, of course, is Bill Paxton, who has some of the best lines throughout the entire film with his like, man, man. And of course, game over, his, man. Game over. Game That's over, it, man. man. <laughs> what the fuck are we going to do now, man? Game over, What's man. up with this shit? Game over, man. It's game over. <laughs> uh, it just takes everything from the first film and ups it, but does it well. So a lot of sequels do that same thing. They just take the stuff from the first film and kind of add more to it. But this one does it really well. The special effects are fantastic in this one. You get uh, cool guns, you get the, the the spaceship stuff, and it's just as creepy, it's just as scary, and it's just as action-packed. Um, James Cameron, of course, uh, directed this one and uh, did a fantastic job with it. And what made this a cool sequel is it wasn't trying to be the first one. The first one was straight up kind of horror. It was a space horror. Yeah. But this one was an action horror, like straight up action star. Sigourney Weaver was like this badass mother figure. and She's got to fight the alien mother. It's very maternal. Yeah. But it's well, like and she's badass. protecting the little girl. Yeah. And, she's got you know, flamethrowers so and she's got giant robots and she's kicking ass. So it's a, it's really an action movie at its core. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it, it was awesome. It does a great job of combining that horror and action. It, it still scares you. It's still scary. It still yeah. has the good number, like the good, some good jump scares in there. It's still creepy with like the gory. sneaking out to the shadows and you yeah. got some nice score. So it's, it's, it, yeah, it's good. It's a well-made sequel. Yep. One of the very few. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, dude, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get your ire, but I'm going to go for it. 1995 Casper. Isn't that also Christina Ricci? It is because I oh got such God. a crush on her, dude. I'm oh. going to do a tribute. Dude, I'm, I'm going to make this a tribute to Christina. Maybe you know she'll what? go to the wine bar with me. I'm just going to take over your era and I'm going to redo it. And no, dude, are no longer great. allowed to choose movies. It stars Christina and she's a teenager by then. So was I. <laughs> so I, had a, I wished I were Casper having kind of a love interest with Christina, but her father is played by Bill Pullman. They're the the Harveys, which is named after the comic book publisher that published Casper. This was the first film to have a fully computer generated uh, effect character in the main role. So years before Jar Jar Binks, mm. we had Casper. He was the first com- fully computer generated main character. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, Steven Spielberg. It was this was directed by Brad Silberling, but this was kind of produced by Steven Spielberg, and he wanted actually Steve Barron to direct this, who did uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but he turned it down. But then he said it was a mistake. Um, <laughs> He's if like, if made, I would have known, I got to work with Christina Ricci. I would have done yeah, it. Yeah, or or that it would be a huge hit because this was a huge hit. Although Christina didn't like this movie, she said it sucked. Well, I'm, I'm with she, Christina. Because <laughs> she's like, I had to f- like pretend like I was falling in love with a cartoon ghost. <laughs> pretty stupid. And they were talking to tennis balls the whole time too, because it's all 
computer yeah. generated. So she's like trying to fall in love with this tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> and she said it sucked. I don't, I don't, I didn't like that movie. Plus she didn't, and she wanted to get out of doing kind of kids type movies. So this was a uh, universal's first live action animated hybrid movie. Uh, and also Anthony Hopkins was also in line <laughs> to play the dad in this. And he's like, what do you think, people? I didn't do Adam's family, so screw yeah, you on Well, he had a conflict well. with Nixon, so oh. he didn't outright turn it down it's like, because- Do I want to play Nixon or some dad in a you know cheesy kid's <laughs> yeah. ghost film? Well, hmm. and according to this, uh, John Ritter, uh, Tom Hanks, Dennis Quaid, Travolta, Robin <laughs> Williams, Jim Carrey, Tim Allen, Kurt Russell so were all everyone. offered this role of the dad and none of them took it. <laughs> so they finally gave it to Bill Pullman because he's usually the guy you give to after like everybody else says no. all the A-listers and he's kind of <laughs> yeah. a minus lister. So yeah. I love Bill Pullman, but yeah, he's usually <laughs> the guy you give it to. Like he's like the A minus lister, <laughs> uh, but I love you, Bill. I do. I'm serious. Oh, poor Bill. I think you're underrated brother. Yeah. But I'm going with it because Christina Ritchie, I, I loved you when we were teenagers and I loved you and Casper, even though you did, even though you hated the movie. <laughs> Oh, sad choice. All right. So now that we've gotten the action out of the way, your heart rate's up, I'm going to scare you before you go to bed. And you can't get scarier than Poltergeist. Scary as heck. Directed by Toby Hooper, who also made Texas Chainsaw Massacre, by the way, but more or less directed by Steven Spielberg. So Steven Spielberg produced the film and you could argue co-directed it with Toby Hooper. It stars Craig T. Nelson, and you have a family who moves into a house that is haunted because the house is built on a place that it should not be built, a graveyard. You have the little girl uh, played by Heather O'Rourke, who does the whole in front of the TV and they're here. Yeah, that's classic. <laughs> yep. Uh, parodied many times after since. Uh, I remember watching this as a kid. I don't know why my parents watched it and for some reason let me watch it with them. Well, it was rated PG. Yeah, well, that's probably why then. Because Yeah, this is before the PG-13 rating yep. came out and this was one of those spielberg spielberg, spielberg films out of us. Yeah. that's why they did the pg-13 <laughs> yep they're like well it's steven spielberg come on yeah steven spielberg is pg let's let the kids watch it we're like yeah, oh my totally. god <laughs> yeah and it's true this this movie i had i'm sure i had nightmares after yeah, watching dude. this movie because <laughs> i do remember being scared shitless yeah. especially like the the um the scene in the pool and the mud and the uh the the uh, skeletons, which were real skeletons. So Joe Beth Williams, who played the girl who got pulled into there and stuff, they didn't tell her till after the fact and that they were actually real skeletons because they were cheaper than having fake skeletons made. Um, the movie, of course, has the poltergeist curse, which is a bit of an urban legend about it. They've, they've even done like uh, movies and stuff about this. Uh Dominique Dunn, who was in the first film, was murdered by her boyfriend. She was basically was strangled by him because uh, she wanted to break up with him and he didn't want her to break up. That happened just before Halloween in 1982. 
Heather O'Rourke, the little blonde girl, she played the little blonde girl in actually the first three movies. She died at the age of 12 in 1988 from a cardiac arrest uh, caused by septic shock due to a bowel obstruction. Wow. James Caan, who uh, did the novelization of the film, when he was working on the novel, his house was hit by a lightning bolt. And then ever since then, he's had problems with electronics and stuff. Julie Beck, she was actually in the second uh, Poltergeist. She died from stomach cancer. Um, Will Sampson, who was also in Poltergeist 2, died from uh, complications due to a heart-lung transplant. The whole series of films uh, had uh, all kinds of crazy stuff because of the Poltergeist curse. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's some paranormal stuff right there, like in real life. It's yeah. Crazy. Cursed. Cursed, yeah, I say. Totally. So my last one, <laughs> so Christina Ritchie finally got her her rated R movie in 1999, <laughs> and it's called Sleepy Hollow. So Jamie's 90s movie marathon is basically just a Christina Ricci movie marathon. Like It is, because I love her, and, and I'm going to watch her all Halloween, because I, I, I think she's awesome. Uh, this one's directed by Tim Burton. This is a rated R movie. Um, it's based on the, uh, you know, the, the Washington Irving short story about a headless German mercenary and terrorizing a town and this this Ichabod Crane played by Johnny Depp who's kind of freaked out and and and, and all that. You, do you remember that Disney cartoon about Sleepy Hollow and Ichabod yeah. Crane? Ichabod well, Crane, yep. Yeah. yeah, Tim Burton did a lot of scenes in tribute to that cartoon. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, and he he was really inspired by the Hammer movies. And Christopher Lee even made a cameo because um, Tim Burton really liked the Hammer films, and this really inspired it. Interesting fact for filmmakers, like like you might find this interesting. The whole thing was like filmed in some kind of blue. Um, it has a so very that, distinct look to it. Yeah, and and the blood had to be bright orange in order for it to show up as red on mm. on screen. I cool. thought that was interesting, Johnny did his own stunts for a lot of these things. He wore like a bulletproof suit while his horse was dragging him around. Hmm. Um, and I guess that horse, uh, they were, the whole crew was amused with him because I guess that horse farted a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fart. That's always funny. Yeah. But they, they, the cast and crew, um, they often said it's like walking in tim burton's head because they built a lot of this the whole town everything was built from scratch took mm-hmm. three months and 70 percent of it was filmed in this sound stage that they built so they really felt like like they were in tim burton's mind i think it's a really good kind of rated r version of this story which i've always been fascinated with like this haitian mercenary gets his head blown off with the cannon and then terrorizes this town in new england i always thought i was i was always a fan of the story and the disney cartoon and i thought this was just this is a, this is a real horror movie so say what you will about my other ones this might be tim burton but this is rated r and it's 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 got christopher walken as the as the headless horseman and it's it's scary like i wouldn't you can, kid little kids shouldn't watch this this is this is a full-blown horror movie so you can say what you want about my other ones, but this one's kind of scary, bro. I'll let you have this one because I do really like this movie. 
And <laughs> it's funny, the other night I actually was flipping through and looking for something to watch. And I came across that and I almost watched it. Actually, I ended up watching something else, but it was like, oh, I do really like this movie and I would like to, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. So I might actually still watch it again over the next couple of weeks. But, but at it, least I got one on the list. You got one. Look. You got one. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, that's a sad selection of Halloween horror movies. Whatever, man. I, I like I like kind of lighthearted shizzle, and I like Christina. And yeah, she's listening. That wine date that I that wine date invitation is open. That Sorry, wine man. Date invitation uh, not allowed. I call dibs on Christina. I know I'm married. No, but <laughs> I, I just did a tribute. You don't get shizzle, dude. <laughs> I didn't include. You it. Well, she was too you young do a for tribute. the 80s for my movies. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a 90s Christina Ricci movie playlist or something for uh, yeah. for a later Let's episode. Do a whole, whole retrospective on yeah. our Christina Ricci retro. We'll have a love triangle in our head. Well, it won't be a real one. It'll be on our heads where you and I are kind of fighting over, fighting over Christina. Christina. And she's like, I, I don't even know who those guys are. <laughs> Well, that's our Halloween night movie list. Uh, I'd recommend sit down, enjoy my movies. You can skip most of Jamie's if you want. <laughs> I would. If you want to let us know what you watch on Halloween, you can reach out to us on social media, such as Twitter at the 80s and 90s com. Find us on the web at the 80s and 90s dot com. And with that, we will say we are out of here like Heather O'Rourke because she's dead. Goodbye. Dark, dude. It's Halloween. Damn, you're dark. <laughs> I had to go dark. You're a dark, dark man. You're dark, bro. <laughs> you're dark. <laughs>